This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Readers Entertainment Radio, and I'm Patricia W. Fisher. We're doing something a little different this week. We decided to meet on a Saturday. So if you're wondering why we weren't around on Thursday, this is why. And it all works out because it's a really chilly day here in Central Texas, um, and, it's, and it's a great day to sit inside and read some books. And I've got some amazing books for you to read uh, by an incredible author named Kelly Kane. And I'm going to get to her in just a second. But one thing I want to do is give a great big shout out to Girl Scouts because today is the 110th anniversary of the very first Girl Scout meeting back in 1912 in Savannah, Georgia by Juliet Lowe. And for those who don't know, she got her idea from uh, Girl Scouts, from a gentleman who started girl I and mean, started boy guides out of the UK, and um, I believe it's Powell is the last name for the gentleman. Um, but he said, "Hey, why don't you start something for girls?" And she's like, "You know what? I will," um, because her dad had taught her how to, you know, camp and live outside and do all sorts of stuff that girls weren't at the time typically supposed to be able or, you know, capable of doing, which we all know is complete bogus because, I mean, the Vikings, I mean, seriously, come on. So, um, so yeah, so, so uh, a big shout out to Girl Scouts, and I know there's a lot of parents out there who are very glad cookie season is over, and I'm one of those people. Um, but a uh, big shout out to Girl Scouts all over, and do something if you were a Girl Scout. Uh, there is a hashtag they're trying to trend today. It's, um, I believe, when I was a Girl Scout, or because of Girl Scouts, that's what it is. Uh, hashtag because of Girl Scouts, and you can say, because of Girl Scouts, I found my love of, you know, uh, cooking, um, outdoors, photography, leadership, you know, sisterhood, whatever you want to do there. So give them a shout out, and uh, that's it. So while you're sitting inside and eating all those boxes of Girl Scout cookies that you didn't intend to buy, um, I have a book that you need to curl up with with a nice cup of cocoa or coffee or toddy um, and um, get started and this book is just as delicious as the title and the write-up but first I'm going to tell you about the author Kelly Kane is a native North, of, uh, North Californian but has spent the last couple of decades in Texas currently residing in the live music capital of the world Austin just up the road from me consequently most of her books are set somewhere between those two locations Kelly writes multicultural romance with determined women directing their own fates and the swoon-worthy men who adore them. She loves reading most genres, but please don't ask her just to pick one. However, she can pick her favorite book boyfriend, Will Herondale. That's what. Uh, did I say that right, Kelly? Herondale? Herondale, yes, that's right. Herondale. Okay. Um, when she isn't reading or writing, Kelly is most likely using genealogy site to research her extended family, both old and new, or cooking or baking something delightful. And she has a wonderful layering of recipes in her book, so get ready. Um, she has two adult daughters and a new granddaughter. She's collaborated with a wonderful group of authors and great friends of their short story collection. The book is called Deja You, and it is available. And, yes, I do have a link in the write-up of the show for that. And to find more about Book Besties and their short story collection, you can check out their website, Facebook, or Twitter. And to find Kelly, there's her website, Facebook, Goodreads, Twitter, Pinterest, and Tulay Publishing because she's a fellow Tulay author. So welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you today? I am well. Thanks so much for having me, Patricia. 
Absolutely. So I was looking at, you know, your book just came out, A Tasty Dish. It came out March 8th, so just this week. Um, And you've written before. You have other books. But what was the catalyst for you to write this series? So it actually started, well, with book one, An Acquired Taste. And I have a group of writing friends. Um, We were published together um, with our first books like five, six years ago, and we've remained friends and we talk every day, you know, in a Twitter DM, we have Zoom calls, all of that. And one of them was like, you know what, I'd really love to see you write um, a really sexy romance about two chefs going head to head in a competition. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it started. I was like, wow, that does sound interesting because yeah. I love cooking and, <laughs> you know, and yeah. Did you pull your own recipes? Did you find others? Did you ask for others' recipes? How did you pull in the, those kinds of things for the book? Yeah, well, most of them are from, like, my mother growing up with her, um, recipes that were handed down in my family, um, even my dad. There's a collard greens recipe in there, and um, that was, like, one of the – he only cooked a couple of dishes, and that was one of his specialties, so I used his recipe – even my son-in-law, the Tostones, <laughs> that came from him. So pretty much a family thing. <laughs> it's Isn't it interesting because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you want to scan everything, you want to type it in. But there is something very, I don't know what the word is, sensory about holding that recipe card that your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your mom wrote out the recipe. Um, because, I don't know what it is. It's like you see their handwriting and you can almost – feel them writing the recipe, right? Um, right? It's it's just, so anybody out there, if you find those cards, yes, scan them because, you know, of course, to um, keep them forever. But, I mean, there's just, yeah, there's just, hold those cards. If you can laminate it or whatever, just hold on to them. What, what has been your favorite recipe to include? Or um, is that yet to come in your other two books of the series? Hmm. <laughs> So um, I think my favorite to include is my mother's sweet potato pie, and I think the reason is because it's not um, made like your normal sweet potato pie. It's uh, more like a custardy sweet potato, and it's really light, and it's just so good. And, I mean, it brings back so many memories, of course, you know, Thanksgiving, waking up early in the morning and smelling those smells and, um, you know, it just gives me good feelings. So I guess I'm going to go with that one. But there's so many good ones. So when you're dealing, I mean, I know there's a lot of discussions over the years. And we had a very good uh, teacher of my husband's in high school. We visited him years ago when he was, we were back home for Thanksgiving. And they talked about um, he had just had a, like a quadruple bypass or something. And, then of course, mm-hmm. when you do that, they're talking about heart health and everything. But his mm-hmm. wife and he were kind of laughing because he said, you know, the first thing you did when you walked in the kitchen at that time or, you know, you would get the castor and skillet out, right, and just scoop a bunch of lard in it, and then you would decide what you were going to make because everything started there. Um, I had an aunt that every recipe she had started with a stick of butter. Every, every one. Um, so um, what have been, and I asked this because I have something to tell you about it, but I, what have been some of the disasters of, like, subbing other things? Like, oh, we don't want to do Crisco. We want to do, you know, something else. I mean, what has been your, your um, process for that, 
if any. Yeah, I tried not to include um, recipes with that, but there are some, and I, I just didn't set them. So there's um, yeah. these green beans that my mom used to bake, and, you know, it starts with bacon grease. And there's a there's a few bacon grease recipes in the first <laughs> book, for sure. Right. Um, <laughs> I just left them alone. But, you know, for personally, I definitely, I sub in a lot of, like, coconut oil for butter. I sub in coconut milk. Um um, instead of, you know, dairy. So it, it works sure. out well most of the time. I mean, I'm sure I've had some mishaps for sure, but yeah, um, that's kind of my go-to, and it subs in really well. I make these oatmeal raisin cookies, and I, you know, use the coconut um, oil instead of the butter and uh, oh, wow. honey instead of sugar and all of that, and they're still really, really yummy. Oh, wow. Well, and for everybody mm-hmm. out there who thinks they want to sub honey, for sugar, understand it's a half, right? So it's like half the honey. So yeah. much sweeter, yes. Yeah, yeah. My, my sweet mother-in-law was very much trying to get them all to go, you know, low, whatever. Um, yeah. And she made pumpkin pie one year for Thanksgiving, but she didn't realize that you half the honey. Yeah, my yeah. dad said it was, you just couldn't, you just couldn't do it. I can it. imagine. Yeah, no. It was, it was not. It was I not could me. only imagine. So if you learn nothing else from this talk today, know that you it's, it's a half. It's a half for the money. Just know that. Yeah. So, so you've got three books in the series, and they're all brothers. Um, mm-hmm. And you have them set. You know, in Texas, it's being from Northern California. I mean, what has been the? I mean, there's a lot of obvious differences, and we won't get into the political discussions. <laughs> but um, uh, just because you know, both of us will just blow a gasket I'm sure but um it's it's one of those things that I mean food wise what have you seen the difference mm-hmm. from going from northern california to here to texas for food wise right so i mean i can say that texas i think and i and i hate to say this because i am from california but texas food is so much better so <laughs> living in both places i and i moved back um to california for about 4 years during my last 30 years of living in texas uh-huh. And uh, my mother-in-law at the time came to visit, and I mean, I just load her up with everything that I could think of that I wanted sure. her to bring. But moving here, and when people come from California, it's like mm, there's nothing really, you know, that I ask them to bring that I just oh, miss wow. so much. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but there, I mean, there are it, even in the book there are recipes that I grew up with that are local to Northern California, like the um, shrimp, yeah, the shrimp bluey salad. I mean, that's a staple in San Francisco. And, um, of course, sourdough bread and all of that. Um, So I include those, but, um, and those are good, really good things, but Texas, hands down, has the best food. You know, we, uh, my daughter got to go to France for um, a month for an exchange program. And uh, so she was there, and she was staying at this little town at the base of the Alps um, that I had never heard of before, but it's near Lyon, which is like southeast mm-hmm. France. Because mm-hmm. everyone always like, oh, Paris. It's like, well, no, she was actually right. like a bit from outside of Paris. But Lyon is supposed to be like the culinary capital of the world. Um, mm. But and apparently this little town has all these natural springs, so it was a place where a lot of the Allied soldiers would go mm-hmm. to recoup during World War One. Um, so she got all this history, and, and they walked everywhere and rode bikes, and didn't be, she came here, and that poor girl, I mean, it was like, 
maybe 80, you know, there. It was perfect, and there's no humidity. Uh, and then she, you know, she hit San Antonio in July. Oh, no. <laughs> but she did have a list of food she wanted to try. And, um, man, that girl had done some research because um, – she was like all about trying everything that she when she was here. Uh, I think we put a good five to ten pounds on her for the month. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. Like, yeah, go big or go home, right? You know. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it was fun to see the differences. Um, even just like the way people eat, um, mm-hmm. it's very different over there. Um, you know the joke about. The French taking so long for meals, it's it's an experience. Right. Um, right. It's a whole thing. And you bring that layering in with the patience it takes to, you know, have these, these characters that they're saying it's an art form and you have to take your time um, with it. Now, I know that you love cooking because we've been talking about it for the last 10 minutes and I love it too. <laughs> um, and, but what, you know, what was it about these particular characters in your books that you wanted to bring and like what characteristics or you know flaws or what have you? What what did you want to make sure you wrote when you were writing these characters? Well, um, so for book one with Rowan, she is um, she's a chef and she trained mm-hmm. at you know the best school in the country along with Knox, her rival. Um, but she works in her mother's home kit, a home um, not home but a small you know cafe. I sure. guess it would be a soul food, kind of soul food cafe. And her mother is, it's her mother's, and her mother makes all the rules, and she has all, Rowan has these ideas, and she doesn't um, get to implement them. So her idea, um, you know, is kind of to do this competition, maybe get a bigger restaurant for her mother and set her up, but also um, kind of go off on her own in the future. Right. And, I, yeah, so it's really I mean, really, that and a tasty dish, they're both about family dynamics and how we relate to our parents as adults and, you know, the other way around. And Knox is in the same kind of position because he really just needs to get away from his dad. And Mm -hmm. his dad is a Michelin-starred chef, and um, he's the heir apparent, and um, his dad is very controlling, and so he just um, so that was kind of the dynamics that set up that book. For the second book, it was more of the daddy issues that came into it with the older brother Declan, who actually does love working for his dad, but mm-hmm. he may not be as good of a chef as Knox, and um, you know he doesn't he's not resentful about that. He knows it's just what it is, but then. He goes off with Cassie, who's a filmmaker, and they're making this um, series, and he discovers, oh, wow, I am really good at this, which is being in front of the camera and, you know, going on adventures and showing people, you know, he's just really good at that. And so, it, but he still has that loyalty to his dad. So, sure. you know, will he leave or will he stay? So just kind of those different dynamics with family. I'm, And it's it's for the third book as well. Yeah, I, and I think everybody, I think everybody struggles with that just a little bit. But I, I think when um, you bring it, well, I say with, within a family itself, like the Everhart brothers. I mean, you're you're writing these three books for them, um, or about them, and then it, it's it's like each. I mean, we all have it, but each brother has their own thing 
with right. not only yeah the dad but of course each other and then of course what they're what they think they should be doing versus what they want to do I mean yeah I think that's very relatable and um, was it important to you to yeah. write um, something that was super relatable or were you, were these just were these just the characters that came into your brain when you were thinking about it when you were brainstorming yeah i think it's just part of my brand to mm-hmm. um you know the whole family dynamics messy family dynamics thing sure uh it yeah because i'm writing a different series for Tuli right now and it's you know more of the same family stuff but in a whole different way it's an adoption series oh wow so, uh-huh. yeah it's just part of my brand <laughs> that, you know, it ends up being that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, family can be the most wonderful thing and the most stressful thing and the most crazy thing (laughs) and the most, you know, it's just like the most everything um, in our lives for certain. Oh, no. So you mentioned you're writing a second series because I'm looking at the Tule website and you have your three books here. So you've got a tasty, Mm -hmm. you know, Taste of Sweet, a Tasty Dish, and Acquired Taste. And then Taste of Sweet, it comes out this year, correct? So August 9th? In August, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and That's then right. Tasty Dish is out now, March 8th, and then okay. an Acquired Taste is June 8th. Of last year. Of last year. Okay. That was book okay. one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was book one. And then for anybody who's interested, and I will put a link up in the in the uh, of the show, there is a trailer for a Tasty Dish on YouTube. So, um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, did you do the trailer? I did. Uh, I did it for an Acquired Taste as well. It's out there and for a Tasty Dish. And there will be one it. for Taste of Sweet as well. <laughs> oh, fun. Now, you, you put it together yourself. I did. Uh-huh. What uh, software did you use or what, I mean, did Canva? you kind of try? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I used yeah. Canva. <laughs> yeah, you know, God, it, it's good for so many things. I, that 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 pro uh, membership or whatever you pay so yeah. like one hundred and twenty dollars mm-hmm. or something is so worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. it really so, is. So much good stuff out of there. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's just knowing how to search for it though, because sometimes it's like I know it's in here. Right. I've got to have this. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. And I love Canva because you don't have to be technically inclined to use it. You know. Right. But it can. It's it so looks easy. pretty good when you're done. Right. Yeah, exactly. It looks very professional, like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and that's the important part sometimes. Like, I really don't know, but it looks like I do, so I'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you've got this new series coming out. Can you tell me a little bit about it, the adoption series? I can. Yeah, it's uh, three books, and it's um, all three will be out next year, 2023. So um, – it's yeah, it's an adoption series, and it's very personal to me because at you know 50 years old, I found out I was adopted, and oh, wow. kind of went on the journey of figuring out who my birth family was, and now I have this great relationship with my siblings and um, who I didn't even realize you know I had. So book one is probably um, the closest to my journey, but it's very fictionalized and it's a romance. So okay. I write romance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, a woman gets this mysterious antique ring and, um, from someone who says they're her grandmother, but the woman has passed on. And so she, you know, finds this hot geochemist who helps her <laughs> kind of track it right. down. Um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's book one, and then book which is um, called Inclusions, 
And book two is um, the one I'm writing right now, which is um, another woman who is, so it all centers around this adoption group um, okay. you know, that they go and, and talk once a week and, um, you know, commune together. So number two follows the woman, a woman who has um, no desire to find her you know, mm-hmm. adopt her birth family at all, but um, it kind of drops in her lap because her birth brother is like a politician and he's running for governor and, you know, kind of, oh. you know, how they do like the background checks and the fixers and all of that come into play. So it's actually been a really fun book to write. Wow. And then book three will be someone who does know she's adopted and is searching for her family. Wow. Yeah, I, we adopted mm-hmm. two children from foster care. and um, Okay. Yeah, and so, and my cousin was adopted. So it's very interesting yeah. to hear everybody's journey. Um, right. You know, he knew, and we all knew, and, and mm-hmm. he had no desire to find out right. anything. Mm-hmm. And then he right. got in his 40s, and he started having some medical issues, and he's like, I'm, I'm so done putting unknown for medical right. history. <laughs> um, and he's like, right. I have kids, well, and right. I mean... I, yeah. They need to know, you know, what we're looking I for. Think if we that's need to. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my whole so, life, I've uh, been putting a medical yeah. history that didn't belong to me <laughs> at <Right>. all. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that people don't really think about at the time. So, if anybody's out there thinking of adopting, um, be sure to get family medical history for the children. Um, because it's important, especially if you have, like, a predisposition for certain kinds of cancers, certain kinds, like, mm-hmm. um, certain kinds of heart issues, um, especially if someone's had, you know, long QT, which is something that you hear every year an athlete, you know, ran for a touchdown mm-hmm. or finish a track meet and then they drop over. So, I mean, those are things yeah. that are hereditary. Right. And so please, please ask um, and get all you can. I mean, all of it. Um, and sometimes – and you, we all know this family's not necessarily forthcoming with um, information, but get what you can. Um, right, and it depends so, yeah. on what state yeah. you're in, too, because California right. is very locked down on adoption, so, which is where mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously was adopted. And um, I did finally get my birth report when I figured it out, and it was just, um, you know, basic medical history from them, my parents, when they were, mm-hmm. you know, 18 and 21. So sure. was it sure. like, um, yeah, they're young and healthy, right? So there wasn't a whole lot there. But right. now, of and course, I, think, I know. Yeah. Now that I know who they are. Right. Well, and I think, too, it's it's been kind of a recent thing in the past few decades that people actually are more forthcoming about family history of medical um, because, you know, they used to think cancer was contagious, so you, know, oh, wow. you didn't talk about it. You know, if you didn't, if you got cancer, man, you just didn't tell anybody. Um, I did not people, know that. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, they used to think, yeah. That, but even, I mean, it, it's, uh, I had a very good friend of mine who talked about it, and when she was diagnosed, she said her, her coworkers wouldn't even look her in the face anymore. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah, so it was just like, really? I mean, you'd think this would be the time of, more compassion, right? And not necessarily. Um, So, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, But, I mean, that journey is, I think, is so unique for everyone Um, Mm -hmm. and so interesting. Were you able, were you able to, did you do something like Ancestry? 
Um, or did well, that's you just... how I found out. <laughs> that's oh, exactly wow. how I found out. I took the DNA test for fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it came back with all these weird things and, um, you know, in for my um, ancestry. And I was like, well, that's not what I was told. And um, then I didn't have any matches who I recognized, even though I knew I had cousins, first cousins, who'd taken the test and who were in there, and I didn't match mm-hmm. with them. So um, that's kind of how I figured it out. My mom had passed away already by then, and my dad, when I finally put it together, he was at, he actually passed away like four four months later. So he oh, was, wow. you know, he didn't couldn't really remember a lot. You know, I just said, "Hey, am I adopted?" He's like, "Oh yeah, like duh." <laughs> it's just like, "Oh my god, why you guys ever tell me?" <laughs> wow. And, okay. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, and I'm like asking him, out, you know, questions. Who are my people? And all, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. I don't remember." Yeah. And it's yeah. Like, uh, was so, it? I had to start from scratch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess was it's kind of a a paperwork battle a little bit or a lot to find uh, get those files oh. and everything else. I'm sure. No, I could, yeah, I I did get my birth report, but it's very vague, and uh-huh. um, you know they try to keep out identifying information in any way. But I had matches, so I started building family trees around those matches, the closest ones I had on both sides. Yeah. And then that's how I kind of put it together. Wow. Finally. Wow. And then just reached out to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah, I have. I mean, the fact that I have siblings, I mean, it's just, it's been amazing. Um, you know, we see each other all the time now. And, you know, I hate that I missed out so many years with them, but at least, you know, I have them now, and and we're close, and it's been great. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, you know, I had no idea. So we're going to go on this just like really amazing tangent. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, uh, because course. I'm sure there's somebody listening that's like, you know, that's kind of you know something interesting happened to me. So it's kind of yeah. nice sometimes, like you're talking about with this new series and having the the support group or the group. Um, those things are mm-hmm. important. Really important. Right. Um, did you go to some groups to kind of see how, uh, get some research and see how they're set up or, or was this something you built organically? Yeah, I, I did not go. I kind of did some research online and then, um, just kind of imagined that if I did go, what this would look like in Berkeley, California, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of made up my own thing of what I would want out of a group and, you know the feel of it and the people and how it was run and all of that. So does this, um, does this group, you know, you've got three books now and I know that's kind of typical that most publishers uh, will contract for, you know, one to three books. Cause mm-hmm. you know, if you, mm-hmm. they used to con you know, remember when we'd hear the stories about, Oh, they contracted for eight books. You know, it's like, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> um, so I think even when JK Rowling was writing Harry Potter, it was like, the first two, then the third, then the fourth, then the fifth, then sixth, seventh. You know, it's just like it was oh, all, okay. just, it was all right. like scattered, um, or maybe, but it wasn't all seven. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, and I think any series is like that now. Um, but so if if you you get to the three, are there other characters you can continue this series with? Oh my goodness, yes. Especially the third book um, is 
following uh, Brother Weston, who's a middle child. So he has kind of those typical middle child things going on. Like he um, has more of a found family because, you know, maybe he was ignored at home and or playing an intermediary between, you know, older brother Declan and younger brother Knox. And um, so he has a big friend group. And mm-hmm. there are some great characters there I'd love to explore. Um, and then with his uh, love interest, Ryan, she is actually the um, executive manager of the restaurant. So mm-hmm. um, she and then she has cousins who live in Austin who um, they just have this huge friend group. So mm-hmm. I would definitely there's some characters there that I really like. And then in book two, there's um Cassie has two friends, um, Joy and Tariq, who I actually love those characters so much, too, and I'd love to give them each a book. So maybe one day we'll see. Right. Isn't it funny? And then what's really interesting is, you know, you fall in love with these characters, like, oh, I've got to write a book through them. And then there are these kind of smaller characters that people are like, what about them? And I'm like, and you think, right. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like they're not on my radar. Oh no, you have to write about them. Like really? Okay. Right. Well, yeah. And with. I've been seeing, I've been seeing in the reviews for book two that definitely people are noticing Joy and Tariq. So. Uh huh. I was uh-huh. like, yep, me too. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you know these different series going on. Um, how do you? Keep it all organized. I mean, it's like I'm I'm still searching. Um, my friend Sasha suggested Plotter, so I'm I'm learning how to enter everything in there. Yeah. But I mean, what is your you know method of keeping all these worlds yeah. separate? So I tried um, initially. I tried Plotter. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work for me well. I mean, it it does. It works fine, but I just I don't know. I write in Scrivener, so that's where I hold everything. So for a series, I have um, you know a larger Scrivener file that okay. has you know all the connections and all the backstories and all of that in there, and then write each book um, okay. with all the you know character files and they have setting files and and all of that so it makes it easy to have it in one place there um otherwise yeah it, i i mean i like to think that i'm super organized but i don't know if someone else came and looked at it i don't know if they think the same thing but it works for me so yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's really what matters um mm-hmm. and it's funny because i you know when i first started writing and i'd go to writers you know conferences and stuff and you'd, mm-hmm. you'd sit there and you'd see writers that have you know, multiple books and multiple series, and um, they talk about trying to keep things straight. And, um, and I'd think, well, how could you possibly forget about this character in this book? And now after I've written tw- <laughs> 10 books, I'm like, <sighs> I mean, sometimes I'm like, right. did, I, did I take right. the trash out today? You know, it's just like, you <laughs> can't even remember what eye color somebody had. Like, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's so funny. And Jane, you know, Jane Porter, who is the, yes. you know, owner of Thule, the other day she said, I think she threw out, she had 78 books, and she was talking about one from a long time ago, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do you even remember? I don't <laughs> the title know. title of the book, let's know what's going on in it. So that's pretty right. admirable. 
<laughs> She's amazing. There was years ago oh, I yeah. was first writing for Tule, and she posted a picture of her library in her house. And it was like something straight out of Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it looked like I this amazing, imagine. massive library, right? And mm-hmm. it had all these built-in bookshelves. And um, oh. But she had every – it looked like a Barnes & Noble the way it was set up. I mean, she had, you know, all the romance ones, and they were alphabetized. And then she's like, well, I spent my Sunday organizing my library. I'm like, holy crap, that's like, it looks like 10,000 books. No lie. And it was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, and then right. I walk into mine, and I'm like, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, too overwhelming. Exactly. I have bookshelves in this room, in that room, in the closet. <laughs> I know, and so, I'm like, I know that yeah. book is blue, and I pretty much know what room I left it in. So that's good enough for me. So right. <laughs> that's, that's my organization. Yeah, something to aspire to, but <laughs> pretty lofty goals there. Right. It's not going to happen today. Um, no. I don't think I can take high enough doses of my ADD medicine to make that happen. I really don't. Um, yeah, it just wouldn't. So you've got these two series. What is, you know, we all have those, it never ends, you know, like story ideas. They never end. But has, oh, yeah. is there something kind of brewing in the back burner that you want to write about eventually? Um, there is, I have a couple of different ideas that I have for like next series after this. Um, I also have a couple of, uh, there's a collective that I'm writing for that I need to, um, write that book before I think May 1st and then a short story collection that I have, um, I think due August 1st. So, you know, right now trying to focus on those, trying to focus on the last, uh, the second book in the series, and then I have the third that I need to write also by August. So I have a lot going on right now, sure, and just really sure. trying to get through there first, <laughs> yeah. do all those, and then I'll turn my you know mind to these other ideas that I've had kind of you know on the back burner. But it's it's like that. You're like, okay, I got all this stuff to do, and then like 15 story ideas come up. It's like, no, right. no, no. New tiny, like, new tiny idea. Yeah, <laughs> let's just lock those away, just in the vault. Um, so you also wrote a, a group. I mean, you also wrote a, a book <laughs> with a group of authors a few years ago called Deja You, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's the, more second chance romances is what you were talking about. So tell me about yeah. this series, and then your story in the series. Right. So this series, um, so this, it's a collection of short stories, and this is with those authors that I talked about at the beginning of this call, where mm-hmm. um, we're just such great friends, and we decided, oh, let's do this um, anthology together. So each of us wrote um, our take on what we thought second chances were. They're not all romances. Um, okay. They're basically romances, but some of them are not um rooted in, you know, conventional romance theories. <laughs> so right. um, there are fantasy elements as well in some of the stories. Mine is set in um, Oahu. It's uh, in Hawaii. And, okay. um, you know, a woman's on her senior trip. Uh, she's graduated from high school. So she's gone to Hawaii and there's um, all these uh, naval ships parked in Pearl Harbor. And so she meets a sailor. Okay. And um, they have a romance. And he, you know, it's a short, 
one-week romance, but he wants her. Her plan is she's actually already signed up for the Army. So, and he's like, no, you shouldn't do it because I've been in, you know, the military for four years. I think you should do something else and maybe we can be together and blah, blah, blah kind of thing. So, yeah. um, that's kind of the, the background of the story. And Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> and you said it in the 80s, correct? I did, yes. Yeah. So how what was that time. research like? Yeah, what was that research like? Oh, I have oh, you should see my Pinterest board of all the 80s <laughs> stuff. I still get people pinning stuff from the Pinterest board today. Um the 80s is just, you know, what a time to be alive. Um mm-hmm. Of course, that's, you know, I graduated from high school in the 80s, so a lot of it is memory stuff, but also so much research to remind myself of what was going on at the time. And um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a fun time, though. It's funny because there's all these, um, you know, classic, you know, they talk about all these classic movies from the 80s and everything else, and we were watching Goonies, which I had never watched fully, um, and we watched it with my kids, and my daughter kept going, why is he wearing his shorts on the outside of his sweat? Why? I mean, it's like she's, she's a teenager. She's like, this makes no sense. She just could not get past it. Um, and so poor Josh Brolin. Have I what? In Austin, heard of Sound and Cinema? No. What is that? Uh, it's, um, it's a thing in uh, they do it at the Long Center, so like right on the river, right downtown, and there's you know um, this big um, grassy area, and they set up food trucks and all of that, and they show movies. So the last one I saw was The Goonies there. Oh wow! Um, okay. That's what made me remind you reminded me of that. But it's such a great experience. Um, I highly recommend if you ever want to drive the you know, 45 minutes or whatever over to see. Yeah. And it's totally free. You just go out there and set up your chair or blanket, and um, then they have a band there, of course, because, you know, it's Austin, so you have to have a live band wherever you go. Yes. <laughs> so Absolutely. they play until the evening, and then they start the show on this big screen outside. It's just a great experience, and I highly recommend. Also, it factors heavily into book three of uh, the Everhearts. Okay. Yeah, I remember yeah. we lived in Austin. I was born there, and then we lived there for, you know, off and on. Um, but I remember sitting on the bank of the, the river there, and Palmer Auditorium was there at the time, so, you know, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it was the 4th mm-hmm. of July, and so they had the whole 4th of July thing. Um, I guess. You know, yeah, fireworks. And then, of course, you know, Zilker Park, if anybody's familiar, you go to, Zil- you go right. to Zilker Park <laughs> and see all the lights. Yep. And there's a Christmas tree made of lights. And we actually have old eight millimeters of my dad under it, you know, spinning because he would put me on his shoulders and uh-huh. spin. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that was, oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What a really lovely sweet. memory. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and that was also where my dad, uh, we lived over off of Old Torf, Um when I was little, and that was the year that my dad gave me an eight millimeter of the movie Tarantula for Christmas um, because I had asked for a princess movie, so I got Tarantula, yeah, Um, and it's a horrible, horrible, horribly good movie. Um, It's a 1955 research scientist, of course, you know, because we're Cold War in it right now, Um, and it's, um, of course, he ejects this all these animals with growth serum, and one gets out, 
um, and wreaks havoc on the uh, traffic right, side. Right. Yes. And if anybody is interested in watching it, it is truly one of those great, awful, bad, wonderful movies from the 1950s, black and white. Um, of course, the research scientist is, wears pearls and heels. You know, she's got a master's in science, but she's you know looking mm-hmm. very June Cleaver. Um, everybody smokes. Right. My kids were like, "Why is everyone smoking?" Like. Um, but also, yeah. Clint, one of Clint Eastwood's very first roles. He is the really? fighter pilot. Yeah, he's the fighter pilot that napalms the spider. So, the giant spider. There it is. So, wow. Uncredited. Yeah, uncredited. And what's funny really? about it is, yeah, he's uncredited. But what's funny about it is if you go back and look, I love movie trivia, obviously, here. Um, if you go back and look at Back to the Future, and the third one, mm-hmm. when they take off from the drive-in, there's a there's movie posters, and they're all um, Clint Eastwood movies. And, really? Um, I've yeah, never noticed. I didn't okay. either. And there was some sort of like uh, movies that shaped us or something on Netflix. There's a like a short series. They do a bunch of different movies, behind the scenes mm-hmm. type thing. And Tarantula was one of those posters. So <laughs> very very funny. And there you go. So when you have a when you have a dull yeah. silence in an office party, throw it in. So now you go. They've got right. something okay. completely neutral to talk about. There you go. There you go for everybody out there listening. So there you go. Giant spider, Clint Eastwood. So we got nice. it. Nice. Um, <laughs> so we've got a few minutes left. I want to know what's on your to be red pile. What are you reading right now? Ooh, so much, as every other person in the world, I'm sure, who reads. (laughs) Right. Um, But I I just, yeah, I just started um, Stuck With You by Fortune Whelan. She's another truly author, so I have an arc. It comes out in April, I think. Um, She got a great Publishers Weekly review, said she's a romance writer to watch, and so I started the book, and I'm really loving it so far, definitely. Um, I also like Cozy, so um, another friend of mine, Record Store Reckoning, uh, his name is J.C. Kenny, um, so that's on my TBR. That's, I'll probably read that next. Um, I've been holding on to the Matzo Ball by Laura Brown, uh-huh. which is um, another one that yeah, I read a lot of her, and um, so this one is, you know, on the list too, The Marriage Contract. Uh, okay. Mia... Penselman. So she's another Thule author. This isn't a Thule book, though. Her debut with Thule doesn't come out until next year, but um, this looks like a really fun book, so definitely want to read that. And um, Oh, what else? Um, Oh, A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. So I also read a lot of fantasy and um, besides romance. So this is um, a good one. This is book two from Jennifer Armentrout, I think is her name. Okay. Um, so I read book one like a couple of weeks ago, and oh, I really liked it a lot. So I'm like, oh, I got to see what what happens next. So got to get those in. I just have so many books to read all the time. I <laughs> so I, I can I can literally never sit here and read you a whole list for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I'm like, if I could just go to a desert island for like you know a month, I could get all the books read. It's like, well, no, you wouldn't because right. there'd be a whole another pile when you got back. A whole another. Exactly, exactly that. So these are just these are ones that are on my Kindle, and I have probably thirty more on my Kindle already. Right. And so these aren't even ones that I need to buy, you know, or yeah. borrow from the library. It's, <laughs> it's so nice. 
It's so, so nice when you can do that. And, I mean, there's certain yeah. books that I will just buy, like, and it's usually a lot of times when it's a big series. And if I can get the mm-hmm. whole series for less than, like, uh, less than the print ones, and I know this is, you know, sounds bad, but honestly, writers get more of a percentage of, of an ebook. Um, right. for royalties. So, um, but so know okay. that when people are listening. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's um, it's one of those things that you're just like, but I could get the whole series right now. I could like right now. Right. right. <laughs> Click. <laughs> but don't put on the library either, because I mean that's also yeah. helpful for authors as well. And I do borrow a lot from um, our local library, like on my on the Libby app. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't actually go into the library, but I I do ebooks and audiobooks. Right. And you can also um the San Antonio Library is not if you can do national, there's a, a you can get check out ebooks from that. Um and like right. you're talking about. Um but it's it's one of those things that, you know, the libraries is a huge one. Um and right. also if you have books that you have read and you loved but you're probably not going to read again, donate them to the library. I mean, they oh, love absolutely. that. Yeah, they love that. Um, they do get some from the publishers, but, I mean, donate those books because um, right. even if you have – or another thing that I've encouraged people to do is if you know that there's kids in the area, like they're going to be reading – you know, there's always a book list, so everyone's reading whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you have that book on your shelf, it's just there, like, I don't know, Mice and Men or The Outsiders or Macbeth or whatever, right. donate it to the school. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes some of those kids don't have the money to buy their own book. So uh, help them out. That. Yeah, right. help them out. Or just give them a $10 gift card or 20 whatever, and let the teachers right. go buy the book for them. So, yeah. So there you go, everybody. You've got some good stuff to get, get cracking on. But the first <laughs> thing you do is you need to go get Kelly's book, her two books, an acquired taste and a tasty <laughs> dish, and then go ahead and pre-order Taste So Sweet. Then you'll have all three of those books, and the Everhart right. Brothers will be on, on your shelf for your Kindle. So, yes. Right. <laughs> thank you thank so much you. for being here today please come back and talk to us oh definitely thank you so much for having me I'd love to come back uh, hopefully next year when this new series kicks off please do yes I absolutely <laughs> want to talk to you some more about it thank you so much and everybody stay safe this has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio I've been talking to author Kelly Kane you can find her on her website Facebook Goodreads Pitter, Pitter, <laughs> Twitter Pinterest and too late publishing all the links are in the write-up of the show um, her newest books a tasty dish and acquired taste are out now um, and check it out everybody stay safe and keep on reading this show brought to you by circle of seven productions www.cosproductions.com please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle 